Alright everybody, welcome to episode 23 of NPC Talk. My name is Inkernaut, and today is September 17th, 2015. And today on this episode, I have a returning guest, someone who is very difficult to get his top three, but he loves to talk about other games. Austin, hello. Hi, Chris. <laughs> oh! <laughs> we, we already know what's up. Um, but... Before we go into today's episode, uh, on NPC Talk News, I talked with Ben, or Blank, um, earlier about Gauntlet, and apparently in the version we were playing, there was a small kind of level up upgrade system that you get through the achievements that I did not know about through Gauntlet, but then they patched it out. <laughs> so apparently the new version's uh, an improvement, but uh, well... I should... Jump back. So, so Ben and I played the old version. We played we the old both, version too, with, with the achievement unlocks. Yeah, we I, just didn't you, know about them. I thought you guys played with the the gold version, where it gives you gold for accomplishing achievements. No, no, we played the old one. We we just sucked. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry that you guys were idiots. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. It's All okay. Right. Um, and so to. To get the viewers to know me better as a person, I think in these news, I kind of want to just give you guys like an update about my life and uh, what's going on in my life right now is that someone ran into my car last night and it was great. Not really, but... Um, they ran into your car? Yeah, they... I was, they hit it with their car? Yeah, I was driving on this street and someone from a side street didn't see me and was trying to turn to go the other way so they're turning left and mm. then they just like ran right into my car well the real question here is is the car okay <laughs> yeah the damages thankfully were really minimal and no that's one good. got hurt so oh, um, i guess that's fine too <laughs> so yeah what? that is uh that is the npc talk update for today. that's what you open with <laughs> all right I'm, I'm trying to get the viewers to know what's going on in my life more both as a gamer and as a host so that is what's going on. Um, well, well, I'm glad you're here to cry yes. with me today, Chris. Yes, and we are crying today because we're talking about one of the most tragic yet beautiful games I've ever played, To the Moon. To the Moon came out in November 1st, 2011. Yeah, quite an old game, actually. Yeah, um, developed by Freebird Games. Mm -hmm. um okay oh there's so many things to talk about um i'm just gonna start us off with uh what what is to the moon um to the moon is a uh it's a story-based game with uh like nintendo or yeah super nintendo super nintendo super nintendo graphics like thinking like chrono trigger uh secret of mana what, what was mm. the one it re reminded you of uh terranigma terranigma oh great game great game um that kind of graphic style and then really uh yeah really good music although the music's not really the focus of the game a uh, very minimal gameplay cl close to no gameplay mm -hmm. um which we'll get into mm -hmm. and probably one of the greatest yet saddest stories um i've ever i've ever played and you know there's some great stories out there okay austin Let's hear it. What? Okay. How did you like the game overall? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm so conflicted. No, I like the game a lot. Uh, I think the real question when when asking someone their experience on To the Moon is how did the game make you feel? How did you feel throughout and after finishing the game? I have to say, I was really upset. In, in like in like the best way possible, I was upset. Best way possible because the game actually made me upset because of the story and the characters. Like it drew that emotion out of me. So mm. it's not like out of frustration of the game. It's I'm upset because the game, it's the storyline, just gets you. Yeah, yeah, man. I. This might be an emotional episode, Austin. Well, if you cry, you can always cry on my shoulder. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Um. Let's let's go through the game. So. Yeah. Uh. Start us off. How how does the game kind of? What's the premise? You know how what kind of happens throughout the story, and then we'll we'll touch upon the details as we go along. Yeah. So the general premise of To the Moon is you take on the role of two doctors. Mm-hmm. You are from a company um, that specializes in modifying memories. Mm-hmm. Specifically, they offer those who are willing to hire them the chance to modify their me- the memories as they lay dying. So you essentially, they go in, they hear what you're your, life's greatest wish the one that you never got to accomplish but you always dream about they go in and they help you in your memories achieve that dream so when you die you die as happy as you can be mm-hmm. um, so that's the so this in this case in this story they are helping a patient by the name of johnny and his dream is to go to the moon the way that the the memory modification works is the two doctors need to traverse through his memories, starting when he's old, so his most recent memories, mm-hmm. and going as far back as possible to um, basically implant the dream, kind of like this inception way where you incept this desire, this dream of his, such that he will recreate his life chasing after the dream and hopefully accomplishing that dream. So that's the game itself takes you through Johnny's life and as it's really cool because you see the results of his actions and decisions before you even get to the point where he's making those actions or decisions. So you see like it does foreshadowing in a really unique and cool way by the time you actually get to that actual memory where something happens everything makes sense. Mhm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, um, so this game, uh, as we were saying earlier, has uh, little to no gameplay elements. So pretty much the only gameplay element you have is moving around and talking to people mm-hmm. and solving some like s- some fairly simple puzzles. Yeah, it's very light puzzle elements. Mm-hmm. To, um, to kind of move on to the next memory. Yeah. Um, so knowing this fact, and I, I didn't know that this was the game going into it, but knowing this, 
or not knowing this, I I actually didn't play the game. I ended up watching Day Nine. Like uh, I I've talked about him in previous episodes, but he was a StarCraft pro player and then kind of became a streamer. And he was doing a let's play of To the Moon, and I watched you know the whole thing. And in my experience, I didn't I feel like I didn't miss much because there wasn't too much gameplay and it was all the story but i don't know how do you feel because you actually played the game right so yeah so i played the game and it was interesting i was talking to a friend and we were talking about who i would recommend this game to Hmm. and he also asked me because he's he knows a bit about the game he's seen screenshots and he thinks is there even a game there um Unfortunately, I do think this game is has weaknesses. Right. And the main weakness is its gameplay. And not even talking about the fact that there's very little gameplay. Um, I actually think the basic gameplay of just moving around and interacting the wor- with the world was not very polished. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my biggest complaint with the whole game. There, it took me a while to get used to its controls, and there were some scenes where the control, controls weren't intuitive and not very responsive, and actually felt somewhat frustrating to navigate the world that they created. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I know why like critics might have a bone to pick with this game, um, but I like a good narrative. I like a great story, and. By the time I was sufficiently frustrated with the gameplay, I was very hooked on the story. So <laughs> there is nothing to do but to power through. And I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to questionable gameplay in exchange for powerful narrative. Um, so definitely gameplay is... if peop- For those who would get frustrated very easily with kind of wonky controls... It it can be very off putting for this game. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, as most a lot of people keep saying, is this even a game? Because as you mentioned, you move around, talk to people, and there's very light puzzle solving elements just to kind of break up the the memories, break up the story a little, so you have time to process what's happening and think about things. Mm-hmm. Um, now. To the question of do I think it works best as a game instead of, say, like a movie or a book? I thought about that, and I think it does. I think it actually works as a game. Hmm. And I'll elaborate on that point a little bit later because it gets into a specific part of the story. Okay, Um, okay. But basically, I I think the fact that you're playing these two doctors... um, makes the story come alive much more than if I was just watching as a third person. I mean, you're still playing as a quote-unquote third person, right? You're like the silent, uh, an omnipresent observer. Right. But I definitely felt much more connected to the two doctors because I moved them around. There's very light uh, decisions that you can make that don't really affect the story at all. Um, early on in the game, it gives you several options. They all lead down the same road, but the illusion of choice helps you get into the mindset and 
relate to the characters a little better. And I think that's really important for a game like this where there, it's basically depending on you liking and uh, empathizing with the characters. Mm, yeah. So, so I actually think it works best as a game. Um, granted, I also did go watch Day 9 play the game on your recommendation. I think he does a very good job. So yeah, yeah, it's totally. It's, I think it's fine watching someone play. I don't think it's like a huge difference, but I definitely think there is still a bit of a difference. Right, and uh, and in typical NPC talk fashion, we will definitely have an episode about um about kind of like the the gaming culture of streaming and kind of how it affects um experiences with let's plays and stuff. But in this specific instance. I would say Day9 did a great job of communicating the emotion that the game gives you. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And making you feel uh yeah, making you uh empathize with the game more because of how Day9 yeah. reacts to it. He made me empathize a lot more than when I played it too, I would say. He's he is a good streamer to watch for this game. Mhm. Mhm. All right. So admittedly, I haven't um, seen the full game in a few months. It's been a little bit since I played it, and so you'll have to help with the details. But um, sure. yeah, let's go straight into the story. So we're we're the two doctors with John Johnny, mm-hmm. and um, and we're going. Should we go into the first memory, or are there things that lead up to it that you want to talk about? I think just as a general disclaimer, this game is a narrative based game, right? Like we talked about the premise, yeah, and that's all we've said so far. If you are a gamer who enjoys a good story at mul- on multiple levels, and we'll get into these levels way later, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a gamer who enjoys a good story, I would stop this podcast now. I'd buy the game, and I'd play it. Or go watch Day 9 play it or something. Because mm-hmm. this, like, basically the entire next segment, like, we kind of got the, the graphics are great, the sound design is great, the gameplay highly questionable, but the narrative is what makes this game. Yeah, definitely. So we're basically going to be talking about the narrative for the rest of the episode. <laughs> so yes, uh, if you would be interested in this kind of game, if you want to like just experience a great story, this is where you stop and go get the game. Okay, and let me tell you now, the game is only like four to five hours long. Yeah. Um, it's not that expensive. I watched Day 9 play it, and I love the game so much. I wanted to support the, de- the developers, oh, so I, I bought it myself. Um, That's very good of you. Yeah, so I recommend that uh, you know you guys play it, watch it somehow, and, uh, and then come back to NPC yeah, Talk. I agree. All right, let's hop in then. Okay. So when the two doctors arrive, Johnny is dying. He's basically in the last stage of his life. He's on his bed dying of, I guess, just old age, really. Yeah. Um, there are very few actually named NPCs in the whole game. Like, the cast is actually quite small. Um, so he lives alone on this house uh, on, like, a sea cliff with a lighthouse nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife, whose uh, gravestone you can see by the sea house, uh, her name is River. Yes. Um, and yeah, she was buried by the lighthouse. Um, the two doctors, Dr. Neil Watts, 
yep. Dr. Watts and Dr. Eva Rosalind, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Rosalind, they set up their machine uh, and kind of as like a, they, they, she, he has a caretaker and she tells them that his dreams go to the moon and they're like, all right, it's pretty normal enough. And to kind of like try to get an idea of who he is, you explore the house a little and you kind of uncover some some foreboding, confusing evidence of his life. Um, The main one being a locked room Mm -hmm. full of small paper origami rabbits. Um, In the small room, there's also a broken music box and a stuffed platypus toy. Nice. Yeah. Um, The other place they take... Uh, you go to is the lighthouse Um, the lighthouse itself um, it's where river is buried and at the top level of the lighthouse are more of these rabbits Mm -hmm. including so all these rabbits are all one color except for one in the top of the lighthouse itself there is one rabbit that has a yellow body and a dark blue head arms and feet Mm -hmm. so you kind of like this guy has some secrets uh the caretaker doesn't know what those secrets could be and the two doctors just doing their job head off into his head off into his memories right and um the one thing is that john does not know why he wants to go to the moon right so in the first memory which is the latest basically his most recent memory that he calls mm-hmm. um the two uh the two doctors are able to speak with him and he admits to not knowing why he wants to go to the moon he just wants to go yeah and the two doctors are like okay well that's kind of weird but technically we don't need to know why you want to go to to kind of do our job right so they continue on they go back one more and they see him I believe the one previous to that was him by River's Tombstone. And that's when you kind of learn that um, it sounded like River, when I first played it, it sounded like he and River had someone they were watching over. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he was saying, I did as you asked me to, River. I have continued to watch over her. And he, he just seems like a sad, lonely old man. You know, he's... His wife has passed away and he's still here trying to carry on her dreams. And meanwhile, his dream of going to the moon, he never finished. He never got a chance to do that. Um, And so people at this point typically think, oh, you know, it's like some childhood dream or something of going to the moon. Yeah. Uh, And then so the game progresses where you go back again and again until you actually meet this river herself mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so his wife and like i said the cool thing about this game is it kind of sets you up for these it hints at things but yeah. you don't know why those things happen or what he's talking about because he refers back to the past or there's certain points that he must have known something but he won't mention it later on in his memories because as as in later time points of his memory, because he already knows this, and it's not something he would ever speak of again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, when you meet River, you know she's diagnosed with some illness, and she basically tells him to take care of Anya. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that she's going to refuse her treatment, to, you know, basically condemning herself to death because she wants him to use the money to look after Anya. Mm-hmm. You also see the scene where she, uh, she gives him this blue and yellow rabbit. And she's kind of like asking, oh, what do you see? And he's like, it's a rabbit. It's blue. But, uh, it's like a blue head, blue legs. It's got a yellow body. And she keeps asking him, what else? What mm-hmm. else? Yep. And he seems to, it's great in this game that somehow using, you know, basically Super Nintendo graphics, it still portrays a huge degree of emotion. Like you can feel how exacerbated and just kind of like, and he's like tired. He doesn't know how to answer uh, River. He doesn't know how to deal with her condition anymore. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, he just like well, while she's asking what else, what else, he just puts it aside and says, "Look, River," and deflects the conversation. Um, he's written a song for her. It's also the song that you hear throughout the game itself. It's the main theme of the of the game. It's a song dedicated to her. Mm-hmm. And so you get this like weird, okay, she's the one who who is folding all those rabbits. I wonder why she was doing that. Also, who's this Anya person? The game goes back again to like is, the first time. Wait, is is that scene also the hacky sack one? Uh no, I think that's a little before. Because that was that, that scene was when she was like bedridden already. Okay. Like she's like dying, basically. Okay. Um yeah, but you go back in time again to um, the scene where she, he tries to go, like, he senses something's wrong and he goes to find River, who's in this house, and she's there folding tons of paper origami rabbits. Mm-hmm. Right? So kind of you learn, you kind of figure out that, okay, that that two-colored paper rabbit was the last rabbit she ever folded. But she folded a ton of just single color paper rabbits. Yeah. She also in that scene had cut her hair really short for reasons you're like, okay, yeah, there's something wrong with her. And the two doctors even seem like say that. They're like, Oh, do you think she has? And the other doctor says, Yeah, I think it is. So they don't explicitly tell you what she has, right? Mm-hmm. She, she just kinda like hint, okay, yeah, there's she has some kind of maybe developmental or psychiatric or like just traumatic disorder. Yeah. Um, then it kind of skips again to when it's to him, like hanging out with one of his childhood friends and his wife. So River's there as well. And he's basically saying how, yeah, River's been really quiet, more quiet than she usually is recently. I feel like something's wrong. So remember, you got to remember that this whole time you're going back in time, right? Right. So you're trying to put everything in context backwards. Um, then it goes back to, and he mentions like, oh yeah, I, I feel like she started really closing off after I confessed to her about something and her, his friends just like, oh, you're overthinking it. So quick recap, two doctors go back through this guy's memory. <laughs> he has his house by the lighthouse. This, uh, his wife, Wanted him to build that house by the lighthouse to watch over someone named Anya. Also, she started folding paper rabbits for mm-hmm. him at some point. The last paper rabbit she folded was a two-colored 
paper rabbit with a yellow body, blue head and limbs. Um, also, when she originally started folding paper rabbits, she had cut her hair really short. Like, these are all like little details that the game hints at, like, oh, like these are all weird things, and you have no idea what any of that could possibly mean. Right, and um, at this memory, it's also the time where you you kind of learn that John and River were like pretty tight on money and they had some goals they wanted to finish like building like a a nicer house by the lighthouse and stuff yeah like that that was the money that that basically river refused or like saved because she refused her treatment Mm -hmm. because she wanted john to finish building that house yeah so they're definitely tight on money and there was a memory with that as well where John is really struggling internally because he's like, uh, I don't have enough money to both treat River and finish building this house. And he was about to lie to her. Right. And then one of his his friends basically says, you know, she hates it when you lie to her. And he's like, well, what about me? What about what I want? Right. Why is it always like, why do I have to do this for River? Mm-hmm. And so you can really see like at the end of John's life, it's it wasn't like a happy life. He was... He was sad. He he was sad after River passed away. Like, he still struggles, but like he still tries to do right by River. Like he did what she asked. He finished his house by the lighthouse, um, and that's where he's living and basically dying. Right. But he had. It seemed like he had a very troubled um, life, at least so far. Right? Mm-hmm. Then you step back in time again to where he apparently had somehow tainted their first meeting. And then River like, oh, I want you to do something for me. Do you know what this is? And she pulls out a hacky sack. And he's like, yeah, sure. And she says, I want you to throw this hacky sack over the cliff. Mm -hmm. And he does it. And she is very surprised. Like she, she runs to the edge of the cliff and watches the hacky sack fall away. And he doesn't know why she's surprised. And to the players, to me, I was just like, okay, well, that's a weird thing. Yeah. I don't understand the relevance of that at all. And then as you keep going back in time, like you go to their marriage, right? So, you know, they got on the day of their wedding. That is when you learn that the lighthouse is named Anya. Mm-hmm. The lighthouse that the house is built by and the lighthouse that they basically had their wedding, they named the lighthouse Anya. Mm -hmm. Specifically, she named the lighthouse Anya. And he said, yeah, that's a great name. We can name, we should name the lighthouse Anya. Um, Also during the wedding, there's a small hint for what's to come. His mother during then calls him Joey and his friends like, Oh, I didn't know your mom called you Joey. And, he said, oh, yeah, that's my grandfather's name. She just, it's like a nickname thing. Mm-hmm. At that point, moment, you're kind of like, oh, whatever. Sure, why not? Um, there's also, uh, they also emphasize a lot how he likes pickled olives as like a delicacy or drink or something. I don't, I'm not quite sure. I presume it's a food. Pickled olives. And he drinks olive juice. Gross. I don't know. <laughs> um but yeah, like he, you know, he always has pickled olives at the bar at his wedding. And then you go back in time again to when he and 
River were essentially dating, right? They're going through life together. They're on, you get, you get to like a happy memory. They're on a horse ranch, riding horses, having a great time. Um, and then it gets to a memory of them in a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And at that point, and I like what the, the game did here. Like they never explicitly tell you what River's condition is. But the doctor in the doctor's office says, oh, here's a book that might help you understand your condition. And he tells both John and River to read it. And essentially, it's a book by the author Tony Atwood. Tony Atwood, I think is his name. He is a, yeah, he's a psychologist who wrote about Asperger's syndrome. And that's when you know, if you weren't sure already, oh, River has Asperger's. Mm -hmm. But the game never comes out and says that, right? You just realize she has a developmental disorder. Right. And that's why, and you're like, okay, maybe that's why she's folding all those rabbits, right? Like at some point, maybe it's because he said something that tainted their first meeting and things are all like she's struggling with that so she kind of her dis, her disorder somehow gets worse and she starts folding these rabbits because it's a repetitive thing you don't know right i i so at this point i view river's condition and her actions towards john as definitely a side effect of her condition like i'm i'm thinking in my head like oh you know she's doing irrational things or things that don't make sense because because she has a condition a mental condition like that's yeah. what i'm thinking yeah i i definitely thought she had something going on like way well early on in the game like mm-hmm. especially when she started folding rabbits i was like okay something's up and but i didn't i figure i basically didn't know until the doctors and i was like okay that makes a lot of sense right right um and I just kind of left it at that. I was like, oh, yeah, she just has some some deal that makes her fold rabbits. Right. I didn't really think more of it. There's also a scene where they're in a bookstore and um, he there's like a mention of the series Animorphs. Right. Um, and that's a, that's like mentioned a few times in the story, too, both in his home, in his like current day real life world. He has a bookcase with some dusty animorph books Mm -hmm. and then basically going back even more you get to like his high school where he first asked river out and that's when you realize he asked her out because he for some reason always wanted to be different so he thought by asking out the girl with a developmental disorder would make him the different guy Hmm. Right. And so that's like what he basically told her later on in her life, in their life together. And that's what supposedly tainted their first meeting is that he didn't ask her out for her. He asked her out because he thought it would make him unique. Hmm. So past high school, you keep basically you, you have to keep stepping back, right? Like the whole point is they need to get to the earliest point possible in his memory so they can incept his dream into <laughs> his memories. Uh-huh. So they keep going back. And for some reason, they realize they can't actually get to his childhood. Like, they're blocked at his high school uh, memories. So they try to incept the, the, they're like, forget it. 
maybe it'll work. They incept, they try to incept the dream and realize there's something preventing their inception from actually working. Mm-hmm. So they need to go back more. Something must have happened when he was <laughs> younger that's preventing them from actually affecting his life. They need to go deeper. They need to go deeper. <laughs> they managed to figure out he's been taking some drugs that blocks his memories. Um, mm-hmm. Drugs are usually given to patients after traumatic experiences, like dealing with depression or whatnot. And they managed to break through that barrier and realize he has a brother. He had a brother. And this is one of my favorite moments of the game. And this is why I think it makes a difference that you're playing it and not just watching someone play it. Okay, okay. Because in one scene, when you're like, when you finally break through his childhood memories, right, you just see like little versions of him running around. Mm-hmm. And then one of the doctor, Dr. Rosalind, basically says, there has to be something more. We're missing something. And she puts two and two together. And at that moment when I was playing, I had to reload an older save state. Thankfully, I saved in the right spot. Ooh. I looked and I saw the fact that there, is, there are bunk beds mm. in this room. And then at that moment, everything clicked for me. And, and this is one of my favorite criterias now to use when judging if I like a game or not. <laughs> is I said in my head and almost aloud, not like this. <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen. And I was super upset. This is actually when I texted you, Chris, and I said, I'm going to throw my mouse at the wall <laughs> because I am so upset. I knew like, where you were, too. <laughs> because, and then I, you know, you have to keep playing, though. Yeah. Right? That's why I think it works so well as a game that you, like, become invested in these characters and you know you have to see it through. Mm-hmm. Right? Just like the two doctors, like, it's not a good thing to see, but you have to see it through. So you go back to his childhood and you realize, basically, his, he had a twin brother who was hit by a car. Yeah. And so his twin brother died. His mom, his twin brother's name is Joey. Mm-hmm. His mom basically was so racked with, well, guilt and depression that she started calling him Joey. And he, having gone through that major traumatic experience, began to act like Joey. It wasn't John, who liked pickled olives, it was Joey. It wasn't John who read Animorph series. It was Joey. Mm-hmm. It was he had taken on so much of Joey's attributes, and he had taken these drugs that would suppress his memories that he forgot. He he basically like forgot a lot of his own childhood, mm-hmm. and that's super important because stepping back one more time, the very last memory that you can get to the one that means the most wait did uh did john take drugs yeah john was the one who was taking the beta blockers right the, the drugs mo- that suppress memories right, right the mom did too right the the mom like it was never mentioned you can tell like she had like a mental breakdown though because she's called him joey when he got off the school she'd be like okay have a good day joey and during his wedding he's like oh joey i'm so proud of you right so she definitely had like a mental breakdown whether or not she's taking drugs i it's not clear and I'm not sure how much I it would have mattered right. to me. But the earliest memory, and this is where everything everything else in the game makes sense. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think this the writer of this game did an amazing job. Is the earliest memory he during like this country fair or fair place, he's out wandering around by himself and he's looking at the he finds a place by himself and he's looking at the night sky when he meets a girl. A girl who never tells him her name. A girl with red hair, just like his wife, River. And in fact, it is River, but she never says her name. 
and you know he invites her to just like hang out with him and they talk and talk they're just two kids talking about life in general and they play a game where you can draw it's like connect the dots in the sky like let's make shapes in this with the stars and they play that game and they make a rabbit she sees oh, i see a rabbit and he, he's like oh i see it too and she says tell me what you see which is what she said to him later, years later. Mm-hmm. She always asks him, Johnny, what do you see? Tell me what you see. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time she ever says that. Tell me what you see. And he's like, oh, I see it. I see its head. I see its arms. I see its legs. And the moon is its belly. And suddenly you realize that last rabbit that she folded, that yellow and blue rabbit, she folded the rabbit that they had drawn in the sky. Mm-hmm. And she was folding rabbits because... To her, the first time they met wasn't in high school. The first time they met was way back when they were kids, and she was trying to remind him of that. That hacky sack that she had him throw over the cliff, the hacky sack was what he left behind when he had to run off to his mom and his brother Mm -hmm. as a kid. He left behind a hacky sack. And so he had thrown that hacky sack as an adult over that cliff, which to her is like, he doesn't remember that's when she realized he doesn't remember how they met. Right. Right. And so suddenly everything makes sense. Like all these, like what she was doing, what she was trying to communicate with him, why she like wanted to name the lighthouse and basically watch over the lighthouse makes sense. Because as a kid, she said, I, one day I want to go to space. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make friends with those stars and those stars aren't, to her, they were lighthouses in the sky. And that's yeah. why she wanted to name a lighthouse and live by one. Mm-hmm. Right? So like that, at that moment, everything just clicks. And I think well, for most people, that's like the moment where you, you be, the waterworks just start. Like, Dude, I'm just, sad already. <laughs> I watched Day Nine play that part and I was like, oh my gosh, he's him crying makes me want to cry so much. <laughs> when I played this, I was crying so much the first time. Yeah, so you realize like, this whole life, like everything that's gone on, right? And this thing he had forgotten because of the traumatic thing that happened to him, right? Mm-hmm. And the rest of the game was like, essentially the doctor is trying to incept that memory into him and they had to take fairly drastic measures because um, to the, the last thing they say as kids to each other, before he runs off back to his mom and back to his brother, she asks him, will you be here again next year? And he says, yeah, same place, same, same time, same place. And she's like, yeah, but what if I don't see you again? And he says, well, that's okay, because we'll just meet on the moon. Mm-hmm. And that's when the dream for her and him, specifically him, though, because he's their, the client, the patient. Right. That is when the dream begins in his mind. That is why he wants to go to the moon. Because he promised this girl that he couldn't remember who it was that he would meet her on the moon. Mm-hmm. Little does he know that that girl was the one he ended up marrying, the one who remembers everything, and the one who kept trying to remind him of that. Like, she is the reason that he wanted to go to the moon. Right, but he, he doesn't even know that it was because of that meeting. He just, all he knows is that he wanted to go to the moon for some reason. Yeah. So at the very end, so you know the doctors go through this like all these trials and tribulations mm-hmm. to basically at the very end he gets his happy memory right. 
they get the they incept his memory by basically erasing and re- and changing the fact that his brother died. So his brother never dies. So he never had to take drugs. So he remembers everything. He doesn't meet River again as kids, um, but he works super hard. He does everything he can, and he ends up in NASA. Mm-hmm. Right, and at that moment. He meets River again in NASA because their dream together was to go to the moon. Right. So at the very end, as his life basically slips away, the last scene with glorious music playing in the background, with the shuttle launching off into space, and as his heart begins to stop, the last scene in his memory, in his mind, is him holding hands with River on a shuttle bound for the moon. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's so good. That's how the game ends. Except when I play that, like I think that is okay. So I was talking to some friends about this. That is the first level of this game. So mm-hmm. this is level one. This is the level one story. The most superficial, in your face interpretation. Yeah. Then you think about that for a second, and you realize that's not real. <laughs> that's just like his memory, right? His rewritten memories to make him happy as his, as he dies. But everything that you saw that first time, that first time when you stepped through his memories one by one, all the way back to when he was a kid, that is reality. His brother is dead. He never remembers how he met River. He goes through his life thinking that he likes River because he wanted to be different. That is the reason he started to go out with her and eventually married her. And then you realize River went through her whole life knowing that he couldn't remember how they first met. Mm-hmm. And because of her Asperger's, she could never communicate it to him properly. Right. She never could tell him, no, we met when we were kids. She never did. She, she tried all these things. She tried to communicate her hardest to him, but she never got it across to him. And she died thinking <laughs> he doesn't remember. That is the reality. Yeah. So that first level, like John's, John's reality at that point, right? Because he had his entire memory rewritten. His reality is like a, it's a tearful, happy ending. Mm-hmm. No, You've seen his life struggles and you've given him the happy ending that he wanted. And it's a great ending. And then you go to that second level realizing what is actually real. And that's River's ending. And it is tragic. It is tragic beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the, I jumped from the first ending to the second ending so fast, I wanted to throw my mouse at the wall again as the credits were rolling. I was like, I can't even blame John, but I really just want to punch him and be like, why did you treat River like that? I hate you so much. She loved you, man. But you can't even blame him because the whole reason why he doesn't remember is because he was taking drugs to remove his, basically prevent him from remembering his brother's death. So you go from this happy ending at this first level to this tragic second level. Yeah. And, and it, it just hurts. It's like, it's crazy too. Cause it's like, everyone's in a way, like everyone's miserable, right? Everyone's life is tragic. Yeah. It's really sad. And, and at the same time, you know, you can't blame anyone, right? It's no one's fault. Right. No one's, you know, no one's malicious. No one's inherently evil. It's just sad. Yeah. So I, I know like we went really in depth because I 
I'm I'm just so caught up at how well the, <laughs> the writer like really treated everything. Almost yeah. everything has purpose in this game. There are some things that are just like very lighthearted, and sure that's there. But all the weird things that you notice, they're all resolved. Like the writer really thought it out. Like yeah. the little clues that you see that like oh maybe something's wrong with him. Oh maybe something's wrong with River. All of that's resolved. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, even at the very end, he makes you think more. Right? You you have the thinking of putting together the puzzle. They have the thinking of what the happy ending is and then what the reality and tragedy is. Mm-hmm. Right. So this game itself, it's a very cerebral game, but you can also just take it at like, well, feelings level. Right. Right. Just, just cry and be like, Oh, that was beautiful. That was like such a happy ending. Yeah. We're all happy. You think one more level above that and you realize nothing's happy. Everything is still sad. And too, it's just for you guys as doctors, you helped one guy basically lie to himself about his life <laughs> so that he could die happy. That's right. basically what you did. So, I don't know. It's a great game. Already, just because of those two things, that two layers makes this a great game in my book. Yeah. Um, and so, going one step... I don't, I don't want to say it further, but going one step even more um, upon this tragedy is at the very end of the game, after you know you clear... Or you, you know, change John's memories. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're, you see a scene, and it's with Neil and Ava, uh-huh. Eva, and they, um, and they uh, basically they say, you know, well, like after this huge, like, you know, tragic, after this huge job they've taken, after this huge yeah. story that you've just experienced. Yeah, like the I don't know verbatim, but the final line was like Neil, and he was like, well you know, time to go on to the next job, right? Yeah, they get a call for the next job, and it's, it's like, oh, off we go. Yeah, and, it, like, oh, that's, it's so crazy in so many levels because it's, like, it's, to me, that was, like, the thing of, like, of, like, wow, like, you know, life, life really does, like, move on, you know? It's, like, we just experienced this, this guy's, like, entire lifetime in in just four hours, mind you, like mm-hmm. that, it was incredibly well done. And then, after all that, you just you just kind of think, you know, like wow, like you know what what what's important in reality, and like you know, do I want to change what's real to have my quote unquote like dreams come true, or do I just want to you know accept reality and and say you know what's happening now, what's actually happening? Sure, it's really tough and it's really bad, but you know. But there are good things that happen in life, right? Like he yeah. did, he did get to love River, um, mm-hmm. and like I mean, he did sacrifice the rest of his life basically to just keep her dream alive. Yeah, she asked him to build this house by the lighthouse and watch over the lighthouse, and he did. He did that until he died. Yeah, and um, and it's like you know, do you do you want to lose that that reality and everything you do have for you know some some dream that's not real like that i don't know that's like a huge question right it's like you know how do you how do you view life and like which side of the coin or whatever um and so neil right just you know seeing that and he just kind of he kind of just moves on with life and it's kind of it's just crazy he's just like you know um you know time time to just you know move on to the next client like next job yeah like 
you know, life does move on. There is one interesting thing, though. So the two, so we, you know, I talked a lot about John and River because they're essentially the the protagonists of this episode. And yeah. this game, this series, is actually an episodic series. This is episode one to the moon, mm-hmm. right? But the real protagonists are obviously Neil and Eva, yeah, because you play as them. And so this, so we've talked about two layers. And I'm really sorry it's taking so long to get here. <laughs> and now we're getting into this third layer. And this is all like speculation. Like this is discussions on forums, just people thinking about what's going to happen next. Because the very, very last scene, as as Eva and Neil begin to walk off the scene, Neil is the last person on the screen. He has a flash of red. This whole game, flashes of red indicates pain, right? Yeah. Like when John is dying, the screen flashes red. Like when he when he's destabilizing, the screen flashes red. So there's a flash of red across the screen, and Neil kind of stops. He takes out a bottle of pills, and he takes some pills, and then he leaves. That's that's the last scene of the whole game. <laughs> and so now we're getting into this this idea of okay, what does that mean? Yeah. And so when you take it one more level higher, right? You had John's lair. Yeah. You had. River's Lair. And now, what if, just what if, the very, very last episode of this whole series is going to be Neil's story? Because he might be dying. Mm-hmm. Right? Alternatively, what if, what if, we are actually watching... Oh Neil's my life gosh. being rewritten. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right? It's like if if he's dying and maybe he had some regrets. <laughs> and like there are things in the whole story, in the whole game, that like if you really think about it, it's really weird. <sighs> Certain scenes are really weird. Um and maybe this is him experiencing the memories that were rewritten for him. Oh wow. Right? Um and it gets really crazy thinking about that because that would be a brilliant move on the writer's part. Right. Um, so that's like kind of like the third speculative level. Right. And it's also really cool how the game does this because you can really see the biggest changes in character out of Neil, actually. Mm. Um, he starts off as like smart-mouthed, I-know-it-all doctor. And at certain points of the game, he really opens up. Like, he becomes exposed mm-hmm. he reveals the fact he has emotions and he empathizes with people even though when you first play the the first few scenes and memories he's just kind of like a eh it's just a job doing my thing yeah smart aleck remarks and just generally being kind of a jerk so he actually gets a pretty decent character arc that is never really resolved why but he i find him as a character to be the one who I actually learned the most about in this game. Mm. Right. And not in like the, in your face way that you learn about John or river, but in that very subtle, if you're looking at, if you're reading how he reacts, you kind of get a glimpse of the person he is. Yeah. And I think that sets up a lot for episode two and episode three and however many episodes they're going to have. And that's why I think Neil is really the protagonist of the whole game. Mm. Um, and I think if the writer has thought that far ahead, we are in for 
A real treat. <laughs> Some crazy stuff's about to happen. <laughs> crazy stuff. Um, so I, when I watched the game through, uh, I did notice the uh, the pain medications that he takes. Uh, it, it's kind of hinted a couple times throughout the game. Um, I I took it kind of more face value because I couldn't think that deep. But um, I just thought, you know, Neil t- took these pain medications because... Because like that was his way of, of like, being able to move on through, through these jobs. Yeah, he could be taking beta blockers. Yeah, because it's like his own memories. Yeah, it's like like man, because you know you you have to think right. Who what kind of clients, um, right before they're dying, what kind of clients are the ones that's going to ask for a memory change, right? Yeah. Um, people with happy lives, with everything they've ever wanted, they don't they don't need their memories changed, right? Yeah. They have everything. It's it's the really tragic, the really sad, the depressing lives that you know they just can't live with themselves. Yeah, they they're the ones who's going to ask for the memory change, and so just having to deal with that job after job, you have to think like it it has to be affecting these doctors, you know, at quite a deep level. So. Yeah, I mean, Eva definitely also mentions like her motto is just take life moment by moment. Yeah. So I mean, there's definitely this idea that the doctors basically just have to learn how to move on. Yeah. Um. So going into the narrative, um, and how awesome it is and how well it's done, I wanted to talk about River a little bit more and her. Sure. And her Asperger's uh, syndrome, Asperger's mm-hmm. Asperger's syndrome. Yeah, and so it's it's so clever that the game. First of all, they portray it in John's view, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they portray River um, as as most quote unquote normal, right? I, I don't I hate saying normal, but you know, people without the syndrome, um, how they view people with. Um, disorders, right? It's like, oh, you know, River is different. She's doing weird things. Yeah, like, yeah. Like she's illogical, and you're, and that's the way they're viewing River before you know anything, right? And mm-hmm. you're, and that's how you see it as a as a viewer. You're just like, okay, you know, that makes sense. I agree with that view. Mm-hmm. But the the game deep down in the roots, when you find when you find that child, the child memory, and them meeting, mm-hmm. that's when you're like, wow, like. These developers really understand like Asperger's and like the the heartache of having the disorder. And instead of seeing these people as annoying and you know strange and stuff, it's you really find out that you know they are people. They're intelligent. They're loving. They're mm-hmm. they're caring, but they're highly misunderstood. Mm-hmm. They're highly um, you know I, I don't know they they just have trouble. Um, portraying their emotions, right? They're misguided, and mm-hmm. you see that in such a clear and like accurate. I think it's accurate. Um, I mean, I personally don't have like I don't, I don't know, like firsthand experience with this, but mm-hmm. from what people were saying online, like they're saying it's it was really well done, really accurate, and I love that the developers are putting these people in a more positive light of like you know pe- these these people. Um, Sure, they do have differences, but at the end of the day, they're generally just you know misunderstood. 
and that that was what River was, right? She she was she doing misunderstood. Yeah, she was doing all these things for John, and John's like, I don't get it, and yeah, and we're like, we don't get it. But then that moment, oh my gosh, the moment when they were kids, it all comes and everything together. makes sense, yes. and you cry. It's so you cry sad. at how adorable they are, and you cry at all the lost potential, and you cry because River died tragically. Yeah, like River, River just wanted John to know that she loved her. Like that was the, that's the whole thing. Yeah. River did all these, made all these origami bunnies, did all these strange things just to let John know, John, I really care about you. And John, this whole time is like, why doesn't River care about me? Why is she acting so weird? Yeah, why well, should be unreasonable? Yeah, but really, she just wanted to let him know. Yeah, he was I, important. I definitely agree. I think the developer as a writer really did write by those who actually have Aspergers. Yeah. I think they painted a very human picture, and I really empathized with River. Like I, like I said, my first emotion after finishing the game was upset. Like I was really <laughs> upset. Not not like not sad, not happy. I was just really upset because i feel like i feel like river should have got a happy ending yeah and like knowing that you like okay john's life wasn't happy but at the end he died happy and i just felt so bad for river i heartbroken is is almost too is like just a little too strong of a word but like i was so close to being heartbroken for river i just i just like I sat there watching the credits, running through a whole slew of emotions. At the end of it, I was just like, if I could like hug River, you know, hug a video game character, <laughs> like I wish there was some like she could have found some comfort at the end. But as far as you know, as a player, as far as you know, as the two doctors, she didn't. She died not being able to communicate with John. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really humanizes those with um, with the disorder. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah, <laughs> so sad. I, so it's interesting. You know, at the end of the day, I I like this game because it has like that three levels of narrative that makes you think. I feel like you liked it a lot because of the themes it brings up. Yeah, I did. And that's really cool, and it's testament to how good the writing is in this game mm-hmm. and the i think the music design the sound design makes you feel it amplifies your emotions yeah really you're well. sad you just cry when things are really weird and you don't understand what's going on and it's a little bit scary sometimes that music hits it in just the right note of mystery <laughs> and fear of the of the unknown yeah and I think the graphics managed to portray all those emotions while being, well, you know, keeping to this like Super Nintendo level of graphics. It yeah. portrays a lot. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, how they portray it is, um, I would say they did it very simply, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything crazy or complicated. No, like, graphical, you know, like, I don't know. Um, what's it called? Like no technological, whatever. There's no like motion tracking on your face and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just character sprites who you know they jump up in surprise or joy. They have little speech bubbles pop out when you know, they're 
they're angry or right so simple or upset or whatever it's just everything that you would expect from a good super nintendo game to have used to convey emotions they do it and it still works yeah yeah and the the music is fairly simple as well and the i feel like this is where it as a game it um it did it really well right only only a game to be honest is able to do it in such a simple way and and give out so much you know so much emotion so much character um personality mm-hmm. in in honestly in just four hours like in a mm-hmm. if it was a movie people would be like oh that's incredibly long right that's unreasonable and there need to be all these like you know action scenes or all these other things but as a game because you're able to play it right you're able to be in the game and be engaged with these characters in a mm-hmm. way that that movies have to do more for you to feel that same level of immersion because it's a game it was able to do all these little things to really bring out the emotion that like that it's it's really rare to find and uh, yeah mm-hmm. also as a game yeah because you had to find the same clues that the doctors find because you're playing the doctors to progress through memories so you can't actually miss like the major links you can't miss like the small subtle hints but if you're just watching a movie you're just basically hoping to absorb everything passively right right like the doctors might like oh i see something but you might miss it as a viewer Mm -hmm. and they have to do like flashbacks to get to it and whatnot and as just by playing this game right you like collect these you collect things to basically hop from memory to memory. And that kind of builds this inventory in your head of, oh, these things are important. I just don't know why yet. And then when it all happens, you're just like, oh, you go back through your inventory of stuff that you've collected. And you, this is why that's there. This is why that's important. This mm-hmm. is yeah. what this means. And as a movie, you know, if they had to do the same thing, you know, the doctors pick up five items and they say it or they look at it and you might forget it. As a viewer, I I think I think this game worked as a game, yeah. And it couldn't have been better in any other form of medium, media, right. yeah. And uh, and the simple puzzles too, right? At the end of each memory, it's kind of it really did feel like you were in a way like unlocking something because mm-hmm. it was a little, it was like a you know little you know flip the puzzles till you come out with the right design, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it just—it was just that little thing to make it feel like, oh, I finished the memory. In a way, I think it's pretty interesting that you can also see it as the way the writer and the game developers are trying to use those to remind you that this isn't real. Mm. Right? Like you're going back through time. The the gamey elements are there, and you're like, well, that's kind of breaking my immersion. But, but that's <laughs> the point, right? Like, it's not real. Yeah. You guys are going huh. through and basically changing his memories, but that's not what's what happened in real life, and that isn't real life. Actually, so I, I mean, I just thought of that. And the great thing about this game is I've talked to three, four people about this game since I played it. And I, only <laughs> played it I only played it since Saturday, and every single time I talk to people, there's just like something else that pops up. Mm. There's just another part where I said, "Oh, that's actually really smart how they did it this way," or oh, I didn't think of this theme or I didn't think of that interpretation. And I feel like this is the kind of game that's worth playing 
more than once just to keep building up what you think and how you feel about it. Because ultimately, this game makes you feel things. <laughs> you feel sad. You feel upset. You feel angry. You feel happy. I don't know. You feel like the writer is a freaking genius. Yeah. You just feel things. And I think that's this game just had that in spades. Just feels everywhere. Feels all over the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I would Something. I would definitely cry again. Like I know the ending, but I'm like oh, oh my gosh, like it's it's so beautiful. Like yeah, I it, it would still catch the feels. Yeah. If I if I see anyone playing this game and they're crying, I'm I'll just cry. Yeah. Like I don't Yeah, knowing the whole story. It's knowing the story doesn't make it any less tragic. <laughs> Yeah. It only ages better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh yeah, day day 9 man, he he brings on the waterworks. So it's really cool cuz uh when I was watching through the game, I felt like I'm like, oh, like I can actually cry with this game because you know, day nine, day 9 is doing it too, so yeah. it's not as like silly. Um I watched I watched this the the child scene the, mm-hmm. I watched that scene with other um, casters, mm-hmm. just like people I don't know or uh, Marker or something. I think he did Markiplier or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, I think he did it too. Um, and they were good. Like some, some of them they were kind of emotional, and some of them they like didn't care. Actually, I don't know if Marker did it. I, I, whatever. But um, I don't know. In my biased opinion, because I love Day Nine, Day Nine mm-hmm. probably did it the best. Um, he really conveyed the emotion and not all the YouTube casters uh, had that same level of like empathy or uh, emotional investment. Yeah, Emotional investment. That was, uh, that was, you know, supposed to be there from playing the game. So yeah, really cool. And just kind of like as a, as a disclaimer or not a word of warning, but just like as a, as a footnote, I know some people were like, oh, I don't really want to play this game because I feel like it's like emotionally toying with me. It's trying to make me cry. Yeah. Right. And I would say, yeah, the maybe I like that first level, right, of John's story is designed to make you cry. Even like River's level is designed to make you cry because you're like, oh, well, you know, her life was just terrible and I feel really sad for her. Um, but this game offers so much, right? You can treat it as like, it's a story about Asperger's syndrome. Yeah. It's a story about not just River and John, but it's a story about Neil. Yeah. Right? And you can approach this from all those different ways and like the game for those different levels. You can like it for the theme. You can like it for its treatment of various people. You can like it for the actual protagonist, or who I've assumed is a protagonist for the series. <laughs> um, you can like it for River. You can like it for John. You can approach it from all these things and come out with an enjoyment of the game. And I think that's why, like, you know, if you play the game and you don't cry, that's fine. There's still so much to enjoy from the game. You don't have to cry. Right. I mean, I didn't. I just got mad. <laughs> um, yeah. When it comes to, you know, how you view the game, I think for me, I ended up viewing the game as as an outlook on life, right? Mm-hmm. As like a, you, as like yeah, you know, like er- everyone has dreams, and there is a reality, and 
you know, I like honestly, like my, my life isn't that bad where I can say like suck it up or anything because I, I, <laughs> I really understand that life is hard for a lot of people out there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I feel like for like no matter who you are, no matter like how your life is, right? I think just really at the outlook of it of things, just really appreciating what you do have and being po- and having a positive outlook on um you know what's important in life and you know loving your loved ones and i don't know that that was the theme that really stuck to me it was mm-hmm. it was the one of like wow you know do i do i care about you know how i dream or do i care, like you know do i care about my dreams or do i care about you know what what i really have in life and appreciating that and mm-hmm. i mean it's easier much easier said than done but um it really gave me a new perspective yeah that's a good way to see the game i'm glad it meant so much to you (laughs) i mean like honestly like to me this game i would recommend it if people can look past the gameplay this game will hit you on so many levels yeah yeah um and so to the moon episode one and uh, i believe there's a sequel yes. coming out yes episode two is definitely in the works they the freebird games has actually released the prequel prequel to episode two um it's the protagonist to that game uh, it's called a bird story i believe yes that protagonist is the patient in episode two so that's already out and I personally am looking forward to the second episode a lot. Mostly because I want to see where Neil Neil's story or the two doctors' story goes from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the the writer has proven that he is not just thinking on like what's a basic story, and let's just execute that well. He's already working on different uh, th- different themes, different levels of thought, different approaches. I think it's gonna. I already have a lot of faith in him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for you developer people out there, uh, this game was made through RPG Maker XP. Uh, that's why the graphics look so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, this this is uh, pretty close to a darn masterpiece. Definitely masterpiece as a narrative. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, you know, if you're creative enough, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Austin, do you have uh, anything else to add for To the Moon? I feel like I need to go disconnect my feelings. <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's good. It's I'd good, recommend it. Great experience. S- recommend it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Austin, for uh, being on our episode. Oh, thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Great great talk on a great game um and so yeah guys we are this is episode 23 of npc talk my name is inkernaut here with austin and for tonight guys we are out have a good night